Regions believes that being a bank means serving the community. Regions is shining the light on local food banks as they feed our neighbors in need. See how you can help at regions.com slash food bank. The Regions branches are open by drive through or lobby appointment only. Bank safely and securely from almost anywhere with Regions Online banking or mobile banking. Data rates may apply. Regions Bank. Member FDIC. The Duly Noted Podcast is brought to you by Vistar Credit Union. We never forget that it's your money. And ABC Fine Wine and Spirits. Always be celebrating. This is the Duly Noted Podcast. Everything Florida Gators with your host, Pat Dooley. Okay, thanks for joining us on another Duly Noted Podcast. We have a lot to talk about, obviously. Florida losing to Texas A&M on Saturday. Uh, our special guest will be Ahmad Black. We'll get him to talk about why Florida's so bad on defense. And uh, as we know, it's not a – you talk about an epidemic. The epidemic is uh, bad defense in the SEC. Um, but, uh, look, the, the problem, I think, for Florida is what a lot of what we talked about last week. When you look at the personnel at Florida, there's there are reasons – why they're maybe not as good defensively as we they've been in the past. And again, you go, you want to rip Todd Grantham, you want to fire Todd Grantham as you tried to do on the internet with all this crap. Same thing happened in Alabama. Alabama, I mean, guys were having to put out fires there. They thought that defensive coordinator had been fired. No, of course he hadn't. But this is the same guy who had the seventh best defense in the country last year. You're only as good as your players, trust me. Uh, that 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 is the truth. It doesn't mean that you can't be better at what you do than what your players are. It doesn't mean you can't be better at what you do with uh, with what you're hand handed. And I'm I don't think anybody's happy right now with the way they're coaching defense and the way they're playing defense. But it goes hand in hand. Don't sit there and tell me Todd Grantham's terrible. Third and what is it? Um, third and Grant, the blah, blah, blah. Okay, yeah, I get it. I get you're upset. You're allowed to be upset. If you lose, look, you're upset when you win. So I know you're going to be upset when you lose. And I got a bunch of emails, but I'll, and I'll get to those in a minute. This team has a problem, and its problem is playing defense. Its problem is stopping teams on third down. Its problem is not covering guys in the flat, who are wide open. You know who else has that problem? Alabama. Florida has had six three and outs all year. And I've talked about this being historically bad defense. That's where they're headed. Six three and outs all year. Alabama has only three, which is even more amazing. They've got as many wins as they do three and outs. Now, their offense was able to overcome it Saturday, and Florida's was almost able to overcome it in this game. But the key to the game was when they got up 28-17, time to put the foot down, time to, to, you know, to make this game get over with. Uh, and instead, A&M just ran the ball right up the gut. They ran, I think it was four plays for about 49 yards. Same guy. Same basic play. Couldn't stop him. And again, this is where I go back. I think personnel is part of the problem. Florida is really thin on that defensive line. This goes back to what I wrote about in my uh, my back nine column today. Guys, um, don't talk to me about how Florida's closed the recruiting gap with Georgia. They haven't. Okay, There's still not enough beef, enough Big, athletic, fast guys. Look, anybody who has covered or been around the SEC for the last 15 years knows that the difference between the SEC and the other leagues is on the defensive line. The defensive linemen in this league are big, and they're strong, and they're fast. And the other teams, you have a choice. You can have a fast defensive lineman, a guy who maybe is quick, can get around people, or you have a big one. But you can't have both. This league, you can have both. And you can have them in great numbers. That's what Georgia has. That's what Alabama has. 
They're going to figure some things out there. Florida does not have that. You know, Tadaryl Slayton has, I don't think has played well, but I think he's gotten gassed. I think he's having being asked to play too much. Again, I don't know if Kyrie Campbell's coming back this week. Who knows about anything? Today, the, the, the um, word was given to us that Florida's had six positive tests this month, which means there may be more players asked to sit out. Who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? Uh, with, with with testing. This is something that you we're going to be dealing with all through this football season, and you just have to accept that. Players are going to test positive. The contact tracing will make more players ineligible, and, and they've already had to deal with it some. But the bottom line is, I don't think if everything was normal, I still don't think Florida's got enough beef up front and enough talent up front. Uh, the secondary is a surprise. That, that That's the one area I don't get. I can't I, I do know, though, if you don't get to the passer and he's able to just sit back there and throw whenever he feels like it and to whoever he feels like it, if you do that, your secondary is going to look bad. But also, when you're right there with a receiver in the end zone and you let him catch the ball and you whiff on it and it's a touchdown, a huge touchdown in the game, your secondary is going to look bad then, too. Here's the thing. I don't have any answers defensively. I have none. Zero. Because I just don't think the personnel is quite what we thought it was. A lot of it's because it's young. I mean, look at Brenton Cox has played three games in his college career. Three games. He hasn't played particularly well. He's he's kind of learning how to be a, a good player, but and he may become one. Not there. Gervin Dexter, same thing. You know, Zachary Carter is being asked to play a position that is a hybrid because he can't play either one. Uh, physically, he's not built to be a rush-in, and he's not big enough to be a, you know, a, a nose tackle type. So they're asking him to play this kind of hybrid position, and it's, it doesn't seem to be working. Seems to be pretty easy to move out. This is these are part of the problems. Linebacker. Sometimes they play make good plays, and that's the thing about that that game Saturday. There were times when they made nice plays, and then and then they wouldn't make one, and they get a first down. You've got to make good plays. You've got to play well for every play on a possession. You can't just play two good plays. They get three downs. This isn't the CFL. So the CFL, they'd probably be all right defensively. But all those third-down conversions, and think about this. One of the third-down conversions that is counted as that A&M did not convert was when they did convert, but then they fumbled. So they had the first down, they fumbled. And that's when you thought Florida's going to go ahead and win this game. That, that's the break they needed. But obviously the Malik Davis fumble is huge. Uh, the Kyle Pitts catch, no catch. I, I still don't understand how he didn't – that wasn't a catch, but you know it's the SEC. You're going to get bad officiating. I mean, it's going to happen. Just ask the people out at uh, Arkansas how they feel about SEC officiating. And the bottom line is things didn't work out. So we'll we'll talk about that. We'll continue to talk about that game, and also get into all the other ones and the Dan Mullen comments that uh, um, I know. There's people on here that listen to this podcast that have split feelings about it all that and more and again Ahmad Black will be our special guest you're listening to the Daily Noted Podcast at Gatorsports.com if you're a Gator fan who believes that people should be treated better join Vistar our members have enjoyed friendly personal service since 1952 a smile and personal greeting when entering a branch, an online or phone chat for those quick questions, and a call center that's open every day. At ViStar, we never forget that it's your money. Proud partner of the Florida Gators. All loans subject to approval, insured by NCUA. Bring game day tailgates home this season after a stop at ABC Fine Wine and Spirits. Stock up your huddle with beer, hard seltzers, your favorite wine, or something sparkling. ABC is Florida family-owned and has been getting Gator fans ready for kickoff since 1936. 
Head inside one of their 125 stores around the state or try their curbside service by ordering online at abcfws.com. ABC Access loyalty members can save $10 on wine, 10% on beer and hard seltzers, and earn points toward $5 coupons. ABC, always be celebrating. You know, I wrote this down today. All right, here's one thing you want to talk about, why Florida's defense sucks. And then I said, and then after that I wrote, why almost all defenses suck. Uh, Georgia's doesn't suck. We know that. They're good. Um, they're good. And I do think – I don't think they played against a great offense yet. I will say that. So we'll see how they do this week against Alabama. That'll be a fascinating game. We'll talk about that on Thursday. And and everybody's got their reasons why. Okay, they didn't have a spring. They didn't be – they didn't – they didn't hit enough. They weren't able to do this instructions. They were, um, you know, Saban had the great quote um, that it's easy to practice throwing the ball against the air but not defending against the air. And he's absolutely right about that. Okay. You've had guys being in and out because of COVID. You've had um, – you know, obviously, I think teams have played a little tentatively. Whether there's a, a million reasons why, maybe, and I can come up with a million reasons. But wait, they're not reasons; they're excuses. You know, you go play, go play defense. And I'm saying this to everybody. You know, it's not like it's not like <laughs> Florida is uh, 72nd, I think, in, in team defense this year so far. There's only 76 teams. Ole Miss is worse. Alabama's right there with them. LSU's right there with them. Once proud defenses, right? And he still could have won the game because the offense was clicking. Kyle Trask was great again. Kyle Pitts was good. Kadarius Toney was unbelievable. What are you going to do? And and that's the thing. Here's the the bottom line to all this. Maybe this team's not as good as we thought because you can't be a playoff caliber team when you can't count on one side of your ball, one side of the ball. You can only count on one side. You can't count on the other side. You're, you're, you may sneak into the playoffs, but you're not going anywhere. So I kept telling you guys, I, right now this was not a championship defense. Well, it's it's even further away from it now. And now I'm almost of the belief that it, that can't happen, that it's just not going to get there. They're going to have to – and look – I did a thing for Thursday's paper. I already wrote it because we tried to get ahead. That Florida, I did I did a thing on the over-unders for every team now. Now that we're three games into this NFL light schedule is what I call it. Because the NFL, you know, when you have to play 10 games against great teams, eh, Vanderbilt notwithstanding, but you're playing 10 games against teams that are really at the in the best conference. It's almost like being in the NFL, we, you know, but you can afford a loss here and there. So Florida's still okay. Florida wins out. They're playing in the SEC championship game, and they're probably playing um, – probably, probably getting in the playoffs. But I don't think anybody feels comfortable about thinking Florida's going to win out right now, right? I mean, the team I saw I don't, I don't think is going to win the next – seven games. You know, they still got to play they get LSU this week. They've still got to play Georgia. I mean, the other games are, are certainly feel like they're winnable, but shoot. I mean, if you can't stop anybody, anybody's got a chance to beat you. And the big question, I think every, on everybody's mind is, what can they do? What can they do to get better on defense? And again, I don't know the answer. I don't have an answer there. Like on offense, it's a little bit easier. You can go, hey, look, what's the problem with this offense? Well, blah, blah, blah. All right, let's do this. All right, if you're having trouble running the ball, then let's try to get the ball to on on uh, quick screens and, and speed sweeps and stuff like that, at least to get the ball outside. If you can't run it up the middle. 
can't if you can't run it outside, you know, maybe put an extra fullback. And there are answers to a lot of questions on offense. But on defense, if you can't cover and you can't pass rush, you can't you can't win. And yet Florida was really close to winning that game too. In the end, they should have won the game. It was set up there for them to win. You feel like Evan McPherson now has given Florida, even more so than than the last two years when he was obviously unbelievable. But Florida's got an extra weapon in the arsenal, in in McPherson. And you felt like if they can just get within a 55-yard field goal here, they're going to win the game. Instead, they turn it over and they can't stop him. That was a depressing part. In fact, my wife and I were watching the game together, and she said they should just let him score. And then it got to a point I go, well, they can't let him score now because there would only be 12 seconds left or whatever. But, yeah, I, I'm not sure they shouldn't have just let him score. And maybe you can come back and tie the game and go to overtime. And still, in, in the end, guys, Florida lost by three points to a top 25 team on the road. That's not the most I, – I know it was Jimbo, and I know it, that bothers you, but forget it. Jimbo's, Jimbo could care less about FSU than you can right now, okay? He could not care less about that program, that school, anything, okay? He went there. He did his thing to get a, the, the job he wanted, and, and, uh, and he left. And he, and he coddled a terrible human being. And uh, he left. He doesn't care about FSU any more than you care about FSU. So don't forget about that part of it. And, and this had nothing to do with him being him having ability to beat Florida. No, he beat Florida because Florida didn't play well. His team did play well. It had nothing to do with the game, the, the, with the uh, the feelings that he has or that towards Florida. Nothing, nothing. Never played Dan Mullen. Never played these players before. You know anything about them, right? I think that's uh, I think that that gets over dramatized. Um, all right, so we go forward, and then um, look. Obviously, after the game, Dan Mullen was steamed. I, I think he was steamed like everybody else was, but he was steamed for different reasons. I think the first thing, first of all, if you're going to say you know, have, getting stuck with Texas a and on your schedule, that is, that's a negative. You, you've known this for a long time. You've known A&M was going to be on your schedule, A, and B, you were going to get them or, or Auburn or Alabama, so it was going to be hard. That That's not a good excuse. But to blame the fans, say that they let too many fans in there or whatever, you know, they, the official attendance was at 24,000. I've talked to people. They say it seemed like more, maybe thirty-five. wasn't like there were seventy thousand people there. And guess what? You've played, you've gone, and you coached a lot of places with a lot more people than that, making a lot more noise, and you won the game. Maybe you weren't prepared for it mentally, but that's not why you lost the game. The, the fans did not make your defensive guys not cover anybody. And then to make the statement about you know we're gonna we want to pack the swamp and challenge his um, challenge his um, you know obviously administration and everything and I get I understand what he was saying I understand how upset he was and there was a better way to handle it here's a way to handle this look I don't know here's what I would have said and look I don't know how many people they're gonna let us have in the swamp next week. I hope it's more than it w- than it was last week or for our first game. I hope it's a lot more. I but I don't know. That's up to them. But those people that are there, you better yell your butts off. We need you. Even if it's 17,000, if it's 20,000, we need every one of you to to be screaming and yelling and making the kind of noise that they made here. That's a way to handle it. Not we need 90,000 people in there. Last I saw they still aren't only allowing 17,000 in there, and they, they are nowhere near selling it out. People don't want to go. They don't want to risk it. They don't want to go to a game where they can't tailgate. 
They don't want to go to a game where they got to wear masks. Just soon watch it at home. It's just the way it is. And it's almost like he was daring the Gator fans to go, and I don't think you – no, know, I've got I got tons of emails negative telling me I'm a – I'm a liberal and and all this. Look, all I'm saying is, look, I know what's going to happen. We're in the middle of a pandemic. It isn't, if you think it's over, then you're just not paying attention. We have a right to make our own decision. Yeah, you have a right to try to walk into a 7-Eleven without shoes on, too. Doesn't mean you're going to get in. (laughs) You know, the bottom line is they are doing what UF Health tells them to do in terms and, and city officials in terms of what they feel like is the best way to handle this for crowds. Be thankful that we have games with people in the stadiums. It's a miracle. It really is that we do. But the bottom line is most people like aren't going to aren't going to come in from out of town spend a bunch of money, not be able to tailgate to go to a game and watch a bad defense. They just aren't. So um, I think I think some of the people that were most vociferous about this, at least in my emails, I, I wanted to just email them back. Okay, so how many can I put you down for? How many tickets do you want? I'll get you tickets. We'll get you. Because I know how to get them. All you got to do is call the ticket office. They got plenty of that 17000 It's just what we're dealing with. And uh, anyway, I'm not going to get too too caught up in this. But, you know, it's funny because I asked Mullen about it Monday, you know, whether he'd had any conversations with, with Scott Strickland about this. And he was he was a little bit terse about it. And then the story came out on ESPN, the headline, Mullen stands by, um, you know, desire to pack swamp. He didn't stand by it. He, he didn't walk it back, but he didn't stand by it. He just said, I'm getting ready for LSU. You know, we, we're doing a great job with uh, keeping our players safe. And then today comes out, they have six guys that tested positive. So who knows? Who knows if there will even be, even be a game Saturday? Uh, we'll see. We got to keep a track of that and try to find out about that. Um, look, let's get back to football part of it. This defense is historically bad. They have 100 points they gave up in three games. They didn't give up 100 points till their eighth game last year. Now there was a reason because they were playing Vanderbilt and Tennessee, which wasn't very good then, and to me still isn't anything special. Um, you know, and some non-conference games, but still. In 1917, their last three games of the year was the last time they gave up that many points. 1970, there was a pandemic then, too. Are we going to blame that? Pandemic for giving up all those points? 84 first downs already they've given up this year? That is a, that is just stunning. Stunning. So, they're like I said, they're historically bad right now. And I'll keep track of this. Look, in the SEC right now, we've had three weeks. So that's what? 21 games. They've thrown, the quarterbacks have thrown for 11,000 yards already. Over 11,000 yards. It was uh, over 4,000 the first week, went down a little bit in the second week, and then went back up in the third week. I mean, they're throwing the ball all over the place. And, and whatever, I don't understand why... Not having spring, not having all this stuff really is affecting it so much, but it is. That much we know. All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back, and we will bring in Ahmad Black, former Gator great, of course, All-American. And we will, uh, later, later in the show, we'll talk about the other games in the SEC, and we'll do three things. Until we get back from this break. Uh, you're listening to the Duly Noted uh, Podcast. I almost said broadcast. Podcast at Gatorsports.com. The Duly Noted Podcast is brought to you by Vistar Credit Union. We never forget that it's your money. And ABC Fine Wine and Spirits. Always be celebrating. Okay, welcome back to the Duly Noted Podcast. It's a great pleasure to be joined by... 
Ahmad Black, of course, former All-American at Florida. I call him the finisher because he finished games. He finished the Oklahoma game. He finished the Penn State Bowl game. You finished a lot of games when you were at Florida. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I uh, definitely uh, came up big in some big games. And, uh, you know, I kind of think that's what I was known for. Um, you know, I, I played well in, in other games as well. But, you know, some of those big games is where I kind of like kind of ended the game, man. Like I kind of smelled, you know, blood in the water and, you know, I don't like to let teams hang around, man. And uh, I think that's one of the things that, you know, this year's team is what what we've been doing. Um, when we go up two scores, you know, why not go up three? We don't. We, we throttle and then they score. And now we're only up seven, and, you know. So I think the question right now is how do we finish games? How do we put our foot on, our, on their neck? Do we run the ball? Because, I mean, we've been doing – doing a little bit successfully or, or do we pass it? Because I think when we get too one-dimensional, that's what happens, you know, when we, when we get first down, we can't get one because we're too one-dimensional, right? Yeah. So okay. how do we, how do we, how do we, how do we become better at the end of the game to where we can close it out? Yeah. So I think that's the question. And that is, it, it, there is a little bit on the offense, certainly Ahmad, but, um, and by the way, Ahmad has his own podcast, uh, it, let it let people know where they can where they can get that because it's a great podcast. Yeah, so today's show is kind of kind of great actually. Um, I uh, kind of put some feeling into it. I, I let some things out. So um, I'm, I'm on Stadium Miguel podcast. It's on all uh, all platforms where you get your podcast at. Um, just talking about you know things that we can improve on. Um, I, I think it's a team effort. I, I you know. Yes, we can sit here and call out some guys individually, but also what we got to do is, you know, when a guy get called out, it's bow up. I think, you know, this generation is so ready to just call it quits or, or you know, or, or, or cry when someone when someone critiques them or say what they got to do better or, you know, give an opinion about them. They don't, they don't like it. So, you know, I think guys got to check the ego at the door. You know, and, and so catch me on Stadium again. I'll talk a lot about it. Well, hey, we, you can talk about it here too. We're, we want we want you to let it out here. And I'm just curious. Um, let me start with with this premise that you know, uh, like Nick Saban said, you know, you can throw the ball against air, but you can't defend against air, and he thinks that's why defenses are are lacking. I mean, do you buy into the theory that because there was no spring, because there was a weird uh, fall practice in a camp? That that's why defenses are are struggling so much all around. It's not just Florida, as we know. It's everybody. I mean, I don't know. I mean, that, that, that could possibly be it. You know, and I, you know, um, I'm a firm believer of getting, getting quality game reps. So, you know, just trying to get ready for a game and, and get ready for a season when there's an unknown virus out that you don't know. You know, you could possibly you know uh, have to close everything up tomorrow. Um, you know, you, you know, it's just hard to kind of kind of plan for that. Um, but just my question is, you know, how much has our defense changed from one year to the next? Mm-hmm. You know, um, yeah. it's the same core group of guys out there. I mean, who, who's playing now that wasn't in our defense last year? Well, he was there. Yeah, they they miss Grenard. They miss Reese. Those are the two guys that I think they miss. That's, but but the guys that's filling in for them have played a lot of football for us. So yes. you know, the guys, the guys that they want to put in those spots have played football for us. So they know they know that defense is not something that's, that's new. Um, I, you know, but you know, we, we we you know we could say that you know it was no camp, it was no you know fall, you know camp and, and you know uh, spring and you know whatever whatever. Um, I, I just know this: nobody nobody cares about that on Saturday, so yeah. we need to get our shit together. Well, the, and, <laughs> nobody cares about that. You know? And and on this on the uh, the the deep ball to um, to uh, the the kid who who tore his ACL on the play. All I could think of was a my black. Because that was the kind of play where you made and and you stole the ball away from. Him. Instead, he stole the ball away. I don't know what happened with Marco on that play, and I don't know what you've watched, been able to watch with Marco and and try to figure out. Well, one of the things that you know people don't realize is you know everyone's so quick to say, "Hey, it should be a safety over the top," or hey, you know you don't you don't even know what coverage they were in. Like it's not a safety over the top every single time, like. This is not football from the 1950s. You know, it's not you know two safeties back there. You know, 
last guys every single play. No, you know, um, we just got we just got to make a play on the ball. You know, when the ball's in the air, that that's that's the issue is the ball. <clears throat> you know, Coach Hitter used to talk about it all the time. He used to make a little saying out of it. The issue is the low ball. <laughs> he would say yeah. ball, the ball different you know different ways because you know the play doesn't really start until the ball's in the air, right? You know, whatever happens, happens. When the ball's in the air, you got to make a play on the ball. And I don't think we're being strong enough at the point of attack to make plays on the ball. We're being, you know, soft at the point of attack. We're not, you're not going up and trying to grab the ball out of the air. You know, we, I mean, what are we talking about? We're we we going to game four and, and Gervon Dexter leads us in the interceptions. How was that? Yeah, it's DBU. I don't. I don't even <laughs> want to. Don't. I don't. I better not even say hear nothing about a DBU or none. None of that. On my time, like, I don't want to see that because it's awful right now. Right? It's, it's almost. It's, it's, it's not even almost embarrassing. It's embarrassing. It's DBP right now. I mean, it's just they, they, they. I mean, and I saw that the first game, uh, Ahmad, because when I'm when I'm watching that first game against Ole Miss, and I'm like, these guys do not react to the ball in the air well. And I've seen Florida teams sometimes way in the past that that didn't do that. The ball, you know, the ball's in the air and they don't go up and get it, or they don't go find a way to get rid of it. Uh, they they let it become a kind of a, a tug of war or whatever. But um, but it's not just as we all know. It's not just the secondary that's not playing well. Um, certainly, when you can't get a pass rush, and you know this better than anybody, Ahmad, if you you don't have a pass rush, eventually the guy's going to find an open receiver. Yeah, and and that's the one thing you know. I, I tweeted it yesterday. We've been beating up on these DBs so bad on, on Twitter and social media. But you got to really think about it. I mean, that quarterback sitting back there all day. How the hell you you even? Had him as time to drop back to throw a pass that deep. Like, come on, guys! Like, he's so comfortable back in the, in, in in the pocket. He getting no pressure on this guy, and they're just able to throw the ball, pitch a catch. I mean, these guys are SEC quarterbacks and receivers. I mean, it's pitch a catch. You know, these guys can throw the ball to their receivers, and they're going to catch it. And they, you know, if they're if they're open, if they're not getting any pressure, so. You got to do a better job getting pressure on the quarterbacks. You got to do a better job, um, even trying to trying to um, cover better. To, to, you know, because sometimes that makes the quarterback you know double clutch, and, and um, you know, and that's how and that's how we get our side. So it, it goes hand in hand. You know, the DBs got to do a better job as well as the front seven guys. Maybe you should go out there and give them a little some some tips. Maybe some uh, little pointers there. <laughs> but they got they got great coaches, man. We, we uh, you know, it's the same coaches that been out there. So I don't yeah. understand, what, you know, what's the difference from from from, from now until you know, you know, last year. You know, it's the same, the same. They're teaching the same thing. So you know, the same guys out there. You know, I mean, this, I don't think this defense guys that really, you know. Yeah, this is a defense that was eighth in the country or seventh in the country in, in scoring defense last year. You know. Um, yeah. So I. You know, but but for some reason it's just not gelling. How much do you think? I, I I mean when I watch these guys play, I I don't feel like they're aggressive. I think they're very tentative, and maybe maybe they're worried about targeting calls. Maybe they're worried about getting hurt, and and that you can't play football that way. No, but I think that's that's part of um, <laughs> you know <clears throat> we want we want to be safe and you know you know change the game, you know, what have you. But I think that's what comes with it is you get guys that play like this now and you get guys who get tackled and get up and look for flags because they feel like they got targeted. You know, little stupid stuff like that. I, you know, I, I'm a firm believer of, you know, you're going to play football, you know what you're getting yourself into. You know, if you don't want to play it, you don't have to play it. But, you know, you know, I, I don't know. You know, the, the game's way different than when we played it. Uh, maybe those guys are thinking about that. You know, but at the end of the day, man, you know, you got you got to make the play. You know, you guys shuffling sideways. You got to go downhill and make the play. You know, if, if it's fourth and two, you know, there's no reason for us to shuffle downhill. We got to go downhill and make the play because you got to hit them behind the line, not as you get to the line. You know, so small small things that I see that that we have to change, and we we have to change fast, or we won't. You know, get where we want to get. Everything we want is still in front of us. Everything right. we possibly, get, you know, what, what, the reason the reason we, we put on passes to, to what to, to win the game, we get to the championship. You know, everything could possibly, you know, still happen. So we just got to win out, man. But you know, we don't have to be the best team in, in the nation every day, like I always say, because we got it from Urban. 
you know, we just got to be the best team in the stadium that day, and everything will play out, man. We just got to got to take it one game at a time and win each side of it. Yeah, and that's the interesting thing is if if you know if they if they don't fumble there, Malik Davis doesn't fumble. Maybe they kick a field goal and they win the game. We all come back home and say, all right, three and zero. You know, there's obviously the defense has to get better, but they're still in in great shape. But I think people came back from this just. Uh, you know, like this is a this is a historically bad defense right now, statistically. And Literally. I don't I don't know if it's as bad a defense as it's playing. I don't think it is. Yeah, correct. But I mean, giving up a hundred points in correct. three games. It's awful. <laughs> <laughs> it's freaking awful, right? Yeah, it's got to be hard for you to watch. I know that. Oh man, it's like you know, you know, it hurts really, really bad in my eyes. But um, you know, I got faith in these guys to, to kind of get it flipped around. So you know, it's, it's, I, I don't know what it is. I mean, I, I know I heard of slumps, but I don't know if this is even a slump. You know? Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> I'm not sure what what this is. Um, but you know, hopefully Grantham and the guys can get it together. Um, I think Grantham got fired by the fans yesterday, and it kind of worked a little bit for a couple minutes, and then it, you know, got hired back. I guess. <laughs> with, the, with the fake news yesterday. Yeah, I don't, don't believe what, in Twitter. What that was they, all about, but. They, they also fired the Alabama <laughs> defensive coordinator on Twitter, too. So, Yeah, a couple of coaches got fired yesterday on Twitter. <laughs> but, uh, you know, uh, I, I, <laughs> I got faith in Grantham and the guys, man. I know it's tough for them right now, and everybody is calling for them before they be fired. But, you know, you ask the people who, when we fire them, who we're going to hire, they can't tell you. So. Yeah, uh, I, don't, I don't take any of those guys seriously. So, no. um, you know, I got faith in what we have up there, and uh, you know, hopefully, we get this thing turned around. He is Gator Great Ahmad Black, the finisher, as I call him. We'll be back with more of the duly noted podcast right after we take this break. All right, thanks to Ahmad Black for coming on. Appreciate his time. Um, it was a crazy night. You know, and I, I told myself, I think I told my wife too, I said, you know what? I am not going to let Florida lose in this game and kind of feeling that, like the, the air has gone out of this season because it really hasn't gone out of this season. It's a 10-game season, 10 hard games, maybe except Vanderbilt, 10 hard games, you might go eight and two, and it may be good enough. So don't worry about the one loss. But still, the one loss is still hard to get over for a while. But I said I'm not going to let it bother me. I'm going to watch all this football we've got, this great football we have on, and it was great. I thought it was tremendous. I was watching as we were getting ready to do the Zoom call with with Dan Mullen, the LSU finish, which was stunning, and of course uh, Ed Ogeron saying that. You know, he's embarrassed by the way they've been playing. And that that's – Gator fans are saying, that's what we wanted to hear from our coach. Well, you know, there's different ways of putting it. His, he said, we're going to reevaluate everything, make some changes. You'll see it. You'll see those changes on Saturday. That's just the way he is. You know, coach, some coaches will say it, it's, it's pathetic how we're playing. Some coaches will say I'm embarrassed. Whatever. Fixing it is the only thing that matters. It doesn't matter what your thought is, what you think about it. It's whether you fix it or not. If you don't fix it, it doesn't really matter what you thought about it or what you said about it. And this is where people used to get mad at McIlwain because they didn't, the, he wasn't giving them the response they wanted to hear when things went bad. You know, um, but, but the same way with Zook. When Zook, Zook would say, well, it's correctable. And they, they get tired of hearing correctable. But don't worry about what, the, what the, the coaches are saying behind closed doors and what the coaches are saying to us in the media, which is where they kind of reach out to you, they aren't the same thing. Don't worry about it. They're going to try to fix this. They're going to do everything they can to get this defense better. And same thing at LSU. They've got good players on defense. You tell me Daryl Stingley Jr. is not good, Jabril Cox, they got a bunch of good players on that team. I can't explain it. In that case, you kind of look at Bo Pelini, you know, being the coordinator. And, eh. But that loss, again, the, they lost the game not because of the defense. They lost the game because they couldn't get the ball in from the one-yard line. That's why they lost the game. And they didn't feel they were physical enough to run it That at the end there. 
I'm, I'm stunned they lost that game. And again, all the karma seems to be going back against them that they had last year. They had good karma last year. This year, not so good. You know, yet your third game of the year, you get uh, a hurricane comes. You got to play the game on the road at Missouri. First game of the year, Mike Leach comes in with that offense. You guys aren't prepared for it. You didn't, gosh, like you never even saw what they were going to do before. And now Mike Leach can't do anything since then. He scored two, two points on Saturday against Kentucky. That, that to me, was – I watched a lot of that game. That was stunning. The Alabama Ole Miss was one of those games you just could not quit watching. It was it was not my cup of tea. I don't – I want to see some defense. Look, I, I'm an offensive guy. But I want to see some defense. Oh, there was no defense in that game. Uh, but it – you know, it was certainly interesting. And the ramifications will be felt for a while. Um, the ramifications hopefully will be felt when they come to bowl assignments for the referees, the officials, in the Auburn-Arkansas game. Look, here's the bottom line. I, I, I've been trying to explain this to people the best way I know how. And I may be wrong. The officials, at the end of the game, Bo Nix clearly spiked the ball backwards, which is a backward pass. I, as soon as that play happened, I screamed at the TV, that's a backward pass. That's a backward pass. It's a fumble. And I and I kind of watched the Arkansas guys, and they did go after the ball, and they did eventually get it. I did do a little stopwatch, and it was about three seconds before they got it. Immediate recovery? Maybe not. So here's the bottom line, I will tell you. The officials on the play, on the scene – Blew the call, but replay did not. You had no choice. At that point, you had no choice. You could not give them the ball. I understand that. But they got screwed. There's no doubt. They got hosed. Arkansas did. Auburn has no business with that win. I mean, they what they did was, uh, you know, they, they screwed them. Now, Bo Nix screwed his own team by doing that, fumbling the snap and then throwing it. I mean, you've got to be smarter than to understand. You can't spike the ball anywhere. In theory, you could go run 20 yards back and throw it back into the end zone to say, I was spiking it. That you got to just deal with that sometimes. I, I told somebody, I said, you know what, Sam Pittman, put this in his back pocket. He'll put it in the – wrap it up in tinfoil, put it in the freezer and go – you know, I'm kind of owed one here, guys. And I'd rather have it, you make the right call when we're good, when we get to a point where we're good. I will say this, Sam Pittman right now to me is SEC Coach of the Year. To make that team as competitive as they are, it's ridiculous. That team was awful. And Chad Morris and everybody, all the Auburn players say, oh, this was personal because they fired Chad Morris and he's our guy. Now he's our offensive coordinator. He's our guy. That's the way you showed it? You almost lost the game? For please. He was a terrible coach. He's not a head coach, okay? Not not in this conference. Um, obviously, FSU and Miami were not competitive. They didn't need a one. Like, my, FSU wasn't trying to get back. FSU was just trying to get things going the right way. And, you know, their quarterback was okay. But uh, I, I think Notre Dame is a good team, not a great team that may sneak into the playoffs, the back end of the playoffs, just because of who they play. Um, they got in the right conference, certainly. I don't think they're that good. Uh, and FSU played there, stayed there with them, and their quarterback, they it seemed to get them kind of fired up. But we'll see where they go from this. Miami clearly is nowhere. I saw where Manny Diaz says, we're only inches away from Clemson. And, yeah. You are inches away, but there's a lot of inches. I would say about nine million and six. If you watched any of that game, and I watched, kind of went back and forth, but I watched a lot of it. They are so much better than uh, Miami, and so much better than most teams. If not for Dabo Sweeney doing that dumb 61-yard field goal try, they wouldn't have scored anything but three points until the end of the game. 
Uh, that was that was just dumb. That was dumb, but that was foresight dumb. I always refer to there's two kinds of dumb. There's foresight, and then there's uh, looking back dumb. Like if if that kick had been blocked and run back for a touchdown, and I went, oh, they probably shouldn't have tried that. That's that would be looking back dumb. Foresight dumb was I'm like, hey, don't kick it, don't kick it. The only I mean, who cares if you make it? Are you you're just doing this for ego? You're doing this because you want your kid to feel good about himself and and show how you let kickers kick and because you're so full of yourself. I will say this though, he came out right after the game. Right after the half, when they did the interview at halftime, I said, that was the dumbest decision I could have made. And he was right. That was stupid. But obviously, they're really good. Uh, Oklahoma over Texas, my one regret in life (laughs) was that with all the games I had going on, I turned that game off because I thought Oklahoma had had it won and missed the four overtimes. You know me. I love overtime more than anything. Uh, So that was was a huge mistake. That, That made me sad. And I will say this, in my AP poll, I put Georgia ahead of Alabama. And I feel strongly about that. I would, I think Georgia's going to beat Alabama, and I think they're the better team. Uh, I don't think they're the – obviously, Alabama's offense is tremendous, but Alabama's defense has got problems. And Georgia's defense can impose its will on you. They're one of the few teams in the country that can do that right now. So they didn't get, they didn't get caught – this is a team you would think in Georgia got caught by the pandemic and hurt more than anybody in that they lose their quarterback that was supposed to be, you know, Jamie Newman was supposed to just be a Heisman winner. And, you know, some other things happened. But in reality, they're the one that defensively said, we'll still be good. We're good with that. Now, I don't think they've played great offenses yet, and that's true. So we'll see how it goes this week. I think that game's going to be fascinating, unfortunately, because the Florida game's been moved to 4 o'clock start. Probably won't see a whole lot of that game, and that's set. Uh, by the way, for those of you who have not, not heard, Vanderbilt, Missouri, because of uh outbreak in the Vandy team, uh, that game has been postponed to that weekend that they had taken off before the championship game. I don't think it'll affect the championship game. I'm going to go on the record with that. All right. I think it's time for three things. It's time for three things. All right. Number one, I want to send a plug out. Uh, Friday, the Stop Children's Cancer's Golf Tournament will be uh, played out at Hale Plantation. As you know, I'm a big uh, supporter. Uh, we did not have our tournament this year uh, for Stop Children's Cancer, so we poured a lot of stuff into this tournament, some some silent auction items and uh, actually uh, some really cool ones. So I would highly recommend you find a way to get on that. Let Call them, and they'll, they'll give you a number to, to go on uh, online. It's all online silent auction. And uh, and try to again for for charities like this. I mean, they're they're struggling because you, they don't have the usual ability to raise funds the way they used to. So help them out. It's a it's a great cause. One I believe strongly in. So that is uh, the tournament is Friday, but I, I I don't know when for sure the silent auction ends. But but give it a shot. Okay. Number two. Um, 2020 sucks. We know that. Continues to suck. Eddie Van Halen. Joe Morgan now. That is going to be some team in heaven, I'm telling you. What you, would you lose this year? Seaver. Um, Whitey Ford. Who else? There was another, there was another uh, pitcher that, that, that's gone. And now Joe Morgan. Uh, somebody else passed away. Oh, Al Kaline. What a team that's going to be in heaven. But when you were, when I was a kid, if you didn't do that little chicken wing flap when you got up to the bat just just for fun sometimes, you didn't play baseball. And uh, great guy, great commentator, just another sad thing. But that's, that's going to be a, a weekly occurrence here apparently. We're just going to keep losing people during 2020. Finally, number three, LeBron or Michael, who you got? Uh, who's the best of all time? Who's the GOAT? 
really you can argue, and that's what talk radio is for. That's what these TV shows are for, screen back and forth at each other. Um, they're both really good. I mean, Michael was what he was, and LeBron can go almost I, – I, th- I think LeBron could go to any franchise in America and win a championship. How about that? I think he could go to the Knicks, and he would say, I need one guy, I need one player, let's, let's, let's see who we can get. You give me one other guy, we'll win it all. I think he could. I think that's how great he is. And that, even though he's lost a lot of finals, comparatively, obviously, to Michael, who was, what, 6-0, and I'm starting to think LeBron's the best of all time because the foundation he lays wherever he goes. You may not like him. You may not agree with him. And I, I, li- I told you guys, I don't, I don't like LeBron. I don't like the way he complains about fouls. I don't like the way he does a lot of things, walks off the court. I think he's the best of all time. I'm going to say it. LeBron. I'm going to go with LeBron. Because do you think if Michael went to the Knicks, these current Knicks, Michael in his prime, they would win the championship? Probably not. I guarantee you within two years, LeBron would have him. Confetti be coming down. He is what he is. And he's he's the best, I think. Doesn't mean I have to like him. All right. That's going to do it for the podcast today. Again, we went a little long, but that's okay. Had a lot to say. Uh, Thursday, we will come back and we will uh, probably have Scott Rabelais on to talk about the um, LSU Tigers and what's going not right with them either. Two teams kind of ships passing in the night trying to find each other. Uh, So we'll talk about that as well, hopefully. Now, I've got a little... COVID scare going on right now. Hopefully it's not a uh, not something I have to worry about. But my plan is to do a Thursday podcast, and we'll just leave it at that. Until next time, I'm Pat Dooley, the sports columnist of the Gainesville Sun. I'm deep, I am way back, and I am out of here. <laughs>